was the comeback of all comebacks for Oklahoma City in the bubble. Not once, but twice the Thunder came back from big deficits, 18 points in the first half, 22 points in the second half, 116 to 115 win over the Miami Heat. A significant win in many ways, but a weird game in many ways. We're going to jump into all of that. We got the whole gang, Craig and Zach, the Thunder guys are here with us to talk about Oklahoma City, Miami, and then moving on to the Clippers Friday night and then what's in store for the playoffs. This is the Thunder Nation podcast. Guys, I think when you look at this game, we're going to break it down from different angles and talk about what I feel was just the absolute weirdness of it. But I, I really feel like you, you kind of got to start with uh, Lou, Lou Dorse injury and, um, and what's going on there. Billy Donovan saying that uh, he won't know more on that front until tomorrow, but scary moment there. And so we'll start with you, Zach. What are you thinking as a fan seeing uh, a guy like that go down? Uh, I mean, you hate already, to see it. On, on an already thin roster with obviously Schroeder's coming back, but you don't want to lose guys. You don't want to lose bodies going into the playoffs. Well, and you don't want to lose such uh, key role players because the fact of the matter is Oklahoma City's not going to lose any scoring. Uh, Dort has popped off for, you know, double-digit points in, in a few of these seeding games, but when it comes down to it, he, he's not who Oklahoma City leans on really in any situation when it comes to putting up points. But the fact of the matter is he's by far the Thunder's most important defensive player. There's that, that's why he's in the starting role. That's why he, he earned the full contract after being a two-way player. So uh, Andre Robertson's coming along incredibly. He really is. But – you don't want to see Dort going down, especially whenever the matchup in the playoffs is going to be the Houston Rockets now. You expect to have him on James Harden and slash or Russell Westbrook. So uh, if he's out for any real amount of time, uh, it's going to put a little uh, a damper on my spirit headed, headed into into that series. Uh, I'm hoping that they're just, they held him out for, for precautions. Obviously, you run all the tests and, you know, do all the, the bells and whistles that you need to do and – uh, it, it felt like from early on that this game was not that important uh, in terms of winning. Uh, and, you know, Oklahoma City just happened to come back and win. So with all that uh, together, I'm hoping it was nothing more than just, you know, uh, incidental bang of the knee. And, and hopefully he's he, – at the worst, he has a sit out on Friday and he'll be good for the first round. Craig, you, you said that you thought maybe just precautionary reasons they were, they were holding him out. Do you still feel that way? Uh, the, the injury report, like kind of worried me a little bit saying just, you know, right knee injury. I feel like sometimes they want to, you know, we're, you know, just being careful, want to sit them out. You know, this is, you know, uh, a meaningless game type thing. We don't really need to bring them back, but, um, you never know until we get that official report, but yeah, I, I'm with Zach. It's tough, especially as well as he's been playing recently and, and you know, what he brings to this team, um, it's unfortunate because like you said, we want to be heading into the playoffs full strength. And uh, that's kind of been, I feel like the way this bubble has gone so far for the Thunder. We started out the first couple of games, saw what they could do when they're healthy. Everyone gets excited about it. And then from there, it's just been, you know, one thing after another. So um, it would definitely be nice to get everybody hundred percent before that matchup with the Rockets. Now, Zach, this, this game was a case study, I think, in what you and I have talked about a lot. I, I've The last two podcasts, I've talked about the quick starts that the Thunder have gotten off to, and you're, you're always kind of slow playing those quick starts and even slow playing quick deficits going back to uh, two games where Oklahoma City was up big at the end of the first quarter and then lost. 
opposite? I mean, I guess it's – I guess what I'm saying is you were right, I was wrong, because that played out opposite tonight. Oklahoma City down big after the first quarter, uh, but then they just kind of worked methodically, worked their way back, coming coming in close at halftime, gets down big again in the third quarter, and then methodically works their way back. Not only do they cut it close, but they, they get the big shot at the end. Um, you got to feel good about the the level of – competitiveness of this team even though it's a slow start even though it was a it's almost two basketball games we saw tonight we saw the starters oh, definitely and then we saw the bench guys but what what you saw I think the cohesive uh thing with with both of those crews that played tonight was they're they're competitors and they're not going to quit yeah and uh, <laughs> everything you said just falls in line with with what I've been thinking when, when this game from the time that it got started to the time they ended, they get down big early, and it's obviously natural reaction to be like, "Well, there goes another loss. We suck. Why even try to play in the playoffs? Can we just pack it up and leave Disney now?" Yada yada yada. Uh, it, it's easy to get into that mindset, but I, I'm looking at a. Well, I, I can't even remember how much they were down early. Um, they were down by was it eight, eighteen, 18 early. points, right? 18, yeah, eighteen points in the first quarter, and I'm sitting here thinking, on one hand. This could get ugly. On the other hand, how many times have they come back from an 18-point deficit? Like, that's not even close to the, to the largest deficit the Thunder's come back from this season. Uh, Thunder PR, they, they tweeted this out right after the game. This is the Thunder's 17th win this season when trailing after three quarters. 17 wins after trailing after three quarters. No other team has more than nine of those wins this wow. season. So, uh, that, that's – listen, being a fourth-quarter team – is I, I you love to see it now hopefully there's some level of consistency in the first three quarters because ha, being heavy fourth quarter doesn't matter if you're down by a cabillion but I, I mean they, they get down by was it 22 was the largest deficit and that happens about the 10 minute mark in the fourth quarter and, and these second unit guys we've seen them crumble mm -hmm. in a couple of games recently and I talked about this the other day, how those losses need to be learning experiences. You, you get blown out. It's against the, you know, the garbage time players, whatever. It's not a big deal. Obviously, Billy Donovan's not concerned about it. Uh, the, the starters probably aren't too worried about it. You hate to lose, but it happens. The, the key to that was learning from it. And I feel like that came together in the fourth quarter tonight, along with the other uh, – maybe it's the Disney magic, okay, that, that all came in, into play here. But – a few of those variables come into play, and these guys didn't quit. And it, it's a mixture of some youth in Darius Baisley, uh, Hamadou Diallo, Abdul Nader, some of those guys, and some that are more veteran, like uh, like Andre Robertson, Mike Muscala. Uh, I, I just want to point out, I just now realized this, but Mike Muscala comes in um, late, like the last minute of the third quarter, and plays for three minutes, doesn't score a single point, goes out, and then he comes in for the last – uh, six minutes of the game and he scores six points including the game-winning shot game went, to right. me that 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 is the definition of staying ready he's a guy who saw heavy minutes the last few games with uh, Stephen Adams Nerlens Noel out he comes in tonight and barely plays and, and I, if I'm him I'm thinking I've played really well lately we're down by a bunch Starters are clearly not going back in. Why am I not in? But he doesn't panic. He's just a guy that he stays ready. He comes off, he comes off the bench, and he, I mean, he's ready to fire away. And I, at this point, I trust him. And obviously, he can be trusted. Uh, plays a key role there in, in the in the comeback win. Craig, one of the problems early was uh, foul trouble. Oklahoma City just couldn't seem to get in position. Maybe some 
iffy calls there, but there were a lot of legitimate foul calls uh, early in that game. I know you and your frustration level with that type of basketball. Um, were you able to hold it together? No, yeah, it's definitely pretty frustrating. Uh, I wrote about it in the recap a little bit as well for tonight. Um, you know, a lot of that's just young guys closing out on shooters. And, you know, nowadays the way they call it in the NBA, you're more likely to get fouled shooting a three than you are underneath the basket. I mean, that's just the way it works right now. And so, um, I, I mean, that's just that's just the truth. And But that being said, those young guys got to be aware of that. You can't just be, you know – running out all the time with your hands up gotta have some sort of control underneath you um but then again as good as Miami was shooting them you don't want to just you don't want to give them too much space but um I mean think about what James Harden's going to do if, if the Thunder are still mm -hmm. closing out like that in, in that playoff series so to me that's definitely something that uh, this team needs to improve on okay so I'm going to start with you Craig and then Zach you just come in right there behind him uh, because I as a, as a Clippers fan, I'm very familiar with the style of play of Chris Paul. Um, and you guys both uh, have transitioned from, um, from haters to lovers of Chris Paul uh, this season. But an interesting, you know, scenario there, right, right before half, Chris Paul almost gets a turnover against Duncan Robinson. That, that begins the jawing back and forth. I'm going to say I, I feel like Chris Paul was doing more jawing than Robinson was, at least what we saw on camera. But Robinson could have said something to set him off. The inbounds play, Paul steals the ball and then just doinks it off of Robinson, the back of his his shoulders, back of his head, out of bounds. Uh, Oklahoma City ball. Then the very next Miami possession, uh, Jimmy Butler, a, a charge on Chris Paul. Um, it's just to me, I look at that. And that's that's classic Chris Paul. I saw that. Um, I saw that with the Clippers for a long time. And and I know, I know you guys have some thoughts on this. But let me just tell you where I was. More than anything in that whole series of events, I was worried about Chris Paul's hand more than anything else because it didn't happen on that play. But a few plays before that, he hurt his hand. You could see him coming up the floor, uh, dribbling only with his right hand and and looking at his left hand. Uh, but frustration there. But again, talk to me, Craig, you start, then Zach, you follow. Talk to me about your transition with Chris Paul and your thoughts on, on that sequence. Um, I mean, you said it right. He's the type of guy that when he's doing that for your team, you love it. You love the energy, you love the passion. But uh, when that's not going your way, it's definitely annoying. But for me, I, I mean, there was definitely some aggression there, taking it out, you know, throwing, throwing the ball um, off the back there. But I love the passion. I love how he was ready to go. To me, that's two great defensive plays. You get the steal, uh, followed up by the charge right after that. And to me, that's just kind of, you know, what Chris Paul has been all about this entire time in the bubble. He says he's he's healthy, ready to play. So he's happy to be playing and happy to be competing. And there's a goal in mind. And to me, he was just out there trying to achieve that goal and continue working on what this team has been doing as far as the hand um I was texting Zach about it when I noticed you could see I mean the camera kept zooming in on it as well um he was not wanting to uh there was even I think it was after that charge that he took on Jimmy Butler someone was trying to give him a high five and he kind of mm. pulled back like don't hit this hand um but I, I don't know I, I haven't heard anything I, I assume he's okay maybe it was just a jammed finger or something something that you know stings for a little bit but uh he's had hand problems before right yeah. Oh, yeah. His last his last season uh, with the Clippers, it was in the first round of the playoffs. He broke his hand, um, which clearly was different than what happened tonight, because in right. that game, he just he just ran off the court straight to the locker room. 
what you didn't. But again, as a, as a, a guy who watched him play for a long time for my team, I, I see those things and, and it just, it bothered me again. I was more worried about that than I was the altercation. Right. I'm with you for sure. Zach. Yeah. Uh, let me start off just talk about the hands. Uh, the fact that he kept playing tells me it's probably nothing too serious just because he, he's not, he's not stupid. He recognizes, uh, he even said how th this was really didn't these, the, he said these games mm -hmm. talking about seeding games in general, uh, recently, he said how unimportant they really are because they've been missing Dennis Schroeder and they're not at full strength and they're just kind of, they are what they are. So I don't think he's going to risk further injury for the sake of a game that's really not that important I don't I don't think it's anything too serious he probably uh did hit something and hopefully it's not going to be a big deal uh as far as the quote-unquote altercation as it has been labeled via <laughs> social media uh just watching the whole thing go down uh Craig said it you said it when the guy is on your team doing this you love to see it mm -hmm. when he's not he's a punk and you want to see him you know thrown into the stands whatever uh, and here's here's my breakdown of it. Uh, Chris Paul knocks the ball out of Duncan Robinson's hands, and he sizes this guy up like a lion looking at a wildebeest. Okay, uh, he sees this little rookie, and he just goes after him, just John. And Duncan Robinson won't even look him in the eyes. It's it's like my my four year old. Whenever I'm getting on to him, he won't look at me. That that's that's how it was. Except for Duncan Robinson has like six inches on Chris Paul, so uh, he's looking up at him. Chris Paul's looking up at him, talking all this noise, and Duncan Robinson won't even look him in the eyes. So Chris Paul knows what's coming next. He's like, I'm I'm taking this ball from you. It comes in uh, to Duncan Robinson, barely gets his hands on it. He rips it out. Does the old doink? You love to see a good doink like that. It, it was a good doink, uh, and. Jimmy Butler is standing there watching this happen. And after the fact, like, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. I can see he, he's, he's processing, oh, I'm going to get him back. And that's exactly what he does. He comes down, and, and Chris Paul didn't so much take the charge as Jimmy Butler gave it to him. Mm -hmm. He was coming down looking for the opportunity. And then after the fact, he says, you're not going to throw the ball at one of my guys, especially one of my shooters. And I'm just like – that's a load of garbage. Like, if you feel like you got to stand up for your teammate, that's I can appreciate that. That's that's a brotherhood, whatever. But Jimmy Butler's on my nerves right now because I, I feel like he thinks he's something that he's just really not. Okay, he he's proven time and time again that he's not afraid to step into altercation type situations. Uh, he had the whole situation with T.J. Warren back whenever it happened, and everybody was all hyped up about the game on Monday uh, between the Heat and the Pacers, and of course nothing happened boring round two uh whatever uh so he he's i feel like he's looking for confrontation because that was that's what makes him feel like a tough guy whatever if he feels tough good for him but let's assess the situation who won that mental battle mm -hmm. chris paul he, he won that clear now he, he takes the charge he knows jimmy butler's mad and what does he do he's he's smiling about it because that's what Chris Paul does. And I can appreciate the little mind games that he plays, the little, hey, ref, his, his jersey's not tucked in, that type of stuff. Some, again, if he's not on your team, you hate it. If he is on your team, you love it. He's on my team, I love it. Keep doing it. Keep, keep getting into the minds of, of your opponents and knocking them down. Because the thing is, if Jimmy Butler escalates it, he's going to be the one getting kicked out, and Chris Paul's going to be smiling and playing basketball. Yeah, and I don't think it can be overlooked, the uh, the impact that just a sequence like that would have. We talk about the young guys, right? 
Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and they, Zach, they were a big part of this comeback in the, the late third, all the fourth quarter, you know, what they see their veteran leadership. I mean, Chris Paul is the most experienced veteran on this team right now. Um, and, and you look at the gap, even in experience between a guy like Steven Adams and Chris Paul still night and day. And you see your leader going out and making plays like that. You can't help, but be charged up by it. Craig, I want to, you know, we mentioned Duncan Robinson, the rookie, but really the, the rookie, uh, the story tonight for Miami was Tyler hero. Just talk for a second uh, from the uh, opposing side, watching a guy like hero play and have the kind of game he did. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy, especially since initially, you know, he was the guy at the beginning that was supposed to be the standout rookie. Um, Kendrick Nunn ended up coming in and kind of taking over that role, but with him being out, um, you know, Tyler Hero played a big game, and I've always been a fan. I think Zach's been a fan as well. There was a point in time where we were really hoping the Thunder would pull off that move to more like to get praying, him. praying, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, but um, I mean, it's tough. And even I don't. I, I compared. I think when Zach and I did it last week, I compared the Heat to the Thunder and a lot with the young guys, and specifically Tyler Hero being a guy who can step up and contribute. So to me, that's what makes this team, these two teams so similar, why it's a good matchup is because they both got the young guys who can score the ball. Zach, speaking of those young guys, you saw them on display a lot uh, tonight. The quality of this, of this bench that Oklahoma City has, the, the youth that Oklahoma City has, both in the starting five and on the bench, the future looks very bright in Oklahoma City, regardless of what happens with a, a guy, you know, um, any of your 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 big time players, you know, it's no one knows what's going to happen going into the off season, but um, you know, with these these guys that are locked in on on rookie contracts are going to be around for a while. You can't help but be excited. Oh, absolutely! And I I go back to the the initial uh, trade that triggered everything that you know the whole chain of events, the Paul George trade that included uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander. And the draft picks. Mm -hmm. uh, I loved Shea when he played for the Clippers. He he was a rookie that wasn't uh, in the talks with you know Luca and Trey Young, and uh, I loved him. He he was his game was so silky smooth. He never tried to do too much. He just contributed and kind of did his thing. And and when I saw he was what we were getting in the trade, I was like. We're getting that plus draft picks, and and plus, then you add Danilo Gallinari right, too. Exactly. And and I mean, my thing is. I want guys that want to be here. Paul George obviously wanted out. Good riddance, you know. Uh, I'm over it. So uh, initially, I'm thinking we we didn't just win this trade. Like we we slaughtered this trade. And then by by midseason, I'm sitting here looking at Shea and just saying Shea plus a couple picks. Throw, mm -hmm. throw Danilo Gallinari out of the mix, and, and it's a, still a good trade. So it's just incredible. So uh, yeah, looking at all the the youth that we've already got plus the draft picks youth. to go with right. it right youth. uh I, i'm just i'm thrilled and, and i again i trust sam presti mm -hmm. i trust his judgment i trust the fact that he he traded back a couple spots to draft uh an intern a basketball intern that hadn't played competitive basketball in over a year i i trust him when he signs an undrafted free agent to a two-way contract and then eventually signs to i, I trust him Okay. Has every move that he's ever made been the perfect one? Not at all. He's made his share of mistakes, but that, that, that takes me back to uh, Michael Cage. I know you're, I know you're going to be shocked when I say this. He actually said something that was spot on 
and it was brilliant. And I had to write it down. Uh, it, it, this was at the end of the game. Uh, he was talking about the young guys and he said, you're not going to learn unless you ask questions, mm. unless you make some mistakes. And I mean, we saw the young guys make mistakes the last couple of games where they got blown out. They come in, they learn from it, they did something. Sam Presti's made some mistakes with some of his draft picks, some of his trades. I, he's not an idiot, though. He's, he's clearly right. a brilliant mind. He thinks uh, in perhaps a different uh, perspective than a lot of guys do. And I appreciate who he is as a person and all of that. So I trust him completely. And, and the future is bright. There, I'm looking at so many of these young guys, and I can't remember the last time where we had uh, we had rookies and second year guys come in and not just be ready to play, but have the confidence to shoot the ball and shoot it well, and not just it's always been a mixed bag of oh well I'm afraid so I'm going to defer or I'm going to jack up every shot I kid, and they really have a good balance of it. And again, we've seen so much progress from March to August, and it's just it's been great to see. Uh, literally almost every single young guy grow and develop and get better in just a few short months. You know, one of those young guys, Craig, uh, cause you've not been able to jump on the last few podcasts with this, um, you know, Darius Baisley, um, Zach has been raving about him again. He leads the team tonight, 21 points, nine rebounds, just barely shy of a, of a, of a double double, um, which he, Zach, he got the double double last game, right? Yes, he missed, he missed it by he missed it by one on Saturday. Gets it on Monday. Misses it by one tonight. Your thoughts on Baisley, Craig, and then I'm going to jump back into Zach on him as well. Yeah, um, I mean he, he's been huge, and uh, like Zach said, just the improvement from March till now. Um, maybe this that's the reason that this uh, break has benefited the Thunder mo almost more than anybody else is because it has given the younger guys like Baisley to step up or to have time um, considering that they are called on to, to step up. Um, the Thunder does rely on, on so many of these younger guys that, you know, that that time was huge, but for Baisley, he, he said something about learning when to shoot, when to pass the ball. He's kind of got it figured out now at first he was more hesitant, but like you talked about that confidence, this is, that's something that I feel like all the young guys have is the confidence to, to pull the trigger. And at times it definitely gets, a little irritating, but at the same time, you're thankful for it for nights like this when the shots are falling and whenever they're the ones leading the comeback. So that, to me, when you said confidence, that's the, the biggest key I see here with Darius Baisley. Zach, you ready to call it the real deal? Uh, another team high performance for Baisley? I get nervous in situations like this because I, I hate to call it when it's too soon. Uh, it's so hard with young guys to, to make a call on them. There are some that are, they're the generational talents uh, like, like Luka Doncic last season um, com coming in when he was drafted. I, he was my preseason pick of the uh, rookie of the year pick last year. And he was pr pretty obvious. Uh, he was worthy of it. You, you could have made your argument for Trey young. I thought Trey had a better second half to the season, but overall uh, Luka had, had the better rookie season, but it's just, it's hard to make a judgment call on a guy uh without having a full season. And the fact of the matter is, is that his role with the Thunder has varied so much from uh, last October into his injury that happened in, uh, I believe it was February. And then obviously he got healthy and came back and he was better than ever in August. And so it, it's so hard to pull the trigger on it. If I'm, it, you know, gun to my head, I, I have to pick yes or no. Is he the real deal? I'm going to say yes. Uh, I haven't seen the number for it and I'm trying to, uh, uh, to search for it right now, but I'm, I'm getting distracted. So I'm going to look at it later. I'm not sure uh, if 
I'm sure it did happen with Russell Westbrook and James Harden scoring 20-plus points in three consecutive games. We do mm-hmm. know that Baisley's this, the third one to do it uh, for two games in a row after those guys. And I'm, I'm sure they probably scored 20-plus in three consecutive games their rookie years. But uh, either way, he's, he's in elite company already, and he's, he's continuing. He's not just scoring the points, but it's the way that he's doing it. He's hitting some really good shots. He's making some really good decisions. Uh, another just fire night shooting from downtown. And I do – I had one critique uh, about his play down the stretch. That was a terrible pass to Mike Muscala. It was just <laughs> – awful it was I thought I thought he was going to throw it away and I was just going to throw my hands up in in the air and say hey rookie mistake we'll get him next time play good till the end but somehow Mascala gets his hands on it gets the shot up and knocks it down and I'm just I I actually squealed a little bit I'm uh, embarrassed to say but it it was exciting but uh, again I'm sure whenever he threw up that nasty pass he probably thought to himself no you know slow motion Uh, but it worked out and I, I think I just think he's learned so much and I think these minutes have been so important to him to his development for his confidence and these few games whether wins or losses uh i think it's going to pay pay off major dividend down the road uh zach just sticking with you uh we got 10 minutes left you said that you would be worried if steven adams didn't play tonight 20 minutes eight points eight rebounds did you see enough from steven adams to give you confidence going into the playoffs that he's healthy yeah, from the first play of the game where he drove with all the energy that he's had and he threw it down, he was ready to go. It seemed like every bucket that he scored, he looked active. Uh, he, he was doing some right things. Uh, the only thing I would have liked to have seen a little bit better from not just him, but the team would have been defensive rotations. But I think some of that breakdown of communication, that, that happens when you sit out a few games. Uh, you just got to get back into it. But overall, for, for his limited play, uh, the things that he did, how he looked, just based on the eye test, he looks good to go. And I'm thrilled about that. I, I'm hoping, <laughs> you know, just make it to the playoffs, buddy, because I, I'm, I'm excited to see what I feel like he can do in a first-round series against the Houston Rockets. Well, let, let's jump into that because it, it's all pretty much set now. Now, Oklahoma City could still be the, the four seed. They're tied with Houston right now. They have the tiebreaker over Houston. Houston will play uh, after Oklahoma City starts their game on Friday. I think that's a 5.30 start with the Clippers and the Thunder. Clippers just beat – Denver just sew up the number two seed it doesn't really matter whether you're the four seed or the five seed because there is no home court advantage so Craig are you expecting the Clippers Thunder game to be more like the second half of this game tonight or are you expecting to see a full complement of of the starting five especially if Dennis Schroeder gets back you know um, early on when we first started these eight games I would have said that I would like to see the Thunder playing closer to normal minutes and rotations heading into the postseason. But after the little scare of, uh, you know, injuries here recently, um, I don't think so. I think the Thunder play it safe. Take in, like you said, you know, Adams looks healthy now. We saw that drive at the very beginning uh, of the game. Uh, I think you take that and run with it into the postseason. And as far as the Clippers, I mean, we already know what they're all about. There's no way Kawhi Leonard's going to play. And, uh, so it, it could be a whole, you know, second string type game, but I'm okay with that. More time for these young guys to, to continue to build that confidence, continue to grow. And, uh, that only benefits the thunder, you know, in the, in the long run. Zach, you called it uh, a while back that this would be a game of, uh, 
of, of bench players, uh, not starters. Are you still feeling that way as well for Friday? Uh, yeah, I, I was hoping it would be more bench players for the Clippers and we would be playing for a better seed position. But listen, if we were playing for home court, then it might matter. But the fact of the matter is there is literally not a single difference between the four or five seed, uh, maybe bragging rights that, haha, we're a little higher than you. Uh, who cares? Uh, what I would like to see would be if Dennis Schroeder, you know, passes quarantine, the fact that he came in Monday night over Tuesday morning makes all the difference because of who who cares. Uh, they decided that it, that it makes, you know, that big of a difference. So he could play. I don't think it matters too much if he does. Me personally, I would like to see him get a first half in, get some play time in, uh, maybe even a little bit of third quarter run with him running the offense with the second unit, J just to get back into the flow of things. We know he's been staying uh, in shape. He's been doing some workouts. He's been staying ready. There's no doubt in my mind that he's, he's ready to play, uh, mm -hmm. but I would like to see him get at least a few minutes on a basketball court in a real competitive game before uh, game one of the playoffs. If it doesn't happen, so be it. Um, again, the more minutes these young guys get in going headed into the playoffs, that just tells me that any given moment, any of them could be ready to go and they need to be ready. Cause you never know uh, if somebody's going to get injured, if you're going to need a spark, whatever that may be. Yeah. And in that same, that same breath, you know, um, LA just got Montrose Harrell back in the bubble and he's supposed to be cleared on Friday. And I know doc rivers did say that he would like to get his starting five. Cause they, the, the Clippers haven't had, you know, at least Oklahoma City had Schroeder in the bubble for a while. Montrez just got to the bubble. So Doc said he would like to see his starting five get some time together. Now, I don't know how much he means by getting them time together on the floor. I, I can't see them doing their normal four-quarter rotation with those starting five. But I do think for at least the first quarter, you're going to see the Clippers run their, their guys out there. And I would expect Billy Donovan to try to – to counter that until one of them is going to be the first to say, okay, here's the bench. Um, real fast, guys, we got just, just under five minutes before Zoom cuts us off. Um, the the play-in game is looking like it's, it's going to be a pretty fun series. Portland can lock up that eighth seed with the win, but Phoenix can lock up a playoff with Portland, if I understand that right. That would start on Saturday with Phoenix needing to beat Portland twice, Portland needing to beat Phoenix once. I'm just telling you, in that scenario, I, I'm, I'm all in on Phoenix. I've, I've become more of a fan of, of the Suns through this bubble experience than I have ever before. And I, you're talking from a guy who rooted for Charles Barkley against Michael Jordan in the finals. That's how long. That, I mean, I've incredible. been around for a while, but I, I'm really loving what I'm seeing from Phoenix. Uh, yeah, yeah. Phoenix has, uh, I feel like, the easier final game uh, against against the Mavericks than the Grizzlies, which is ultimately what it's going to come down to. If the Grizzlies beat the Bucks, uh, I believe they're in at least in the, in the play-in situation. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I'm aware the the, okay. the Blazers have they locked locked it up already they've got to win one more to lock up. They do have to win one more. Mm -hmm. So, but Memphis still has a chance to get in. Right. So uh, I, I feel like they've got a tough matchup with the Bucks, even though oh, Giannis you're saying now. Okay. has been suspended. But what I'm saying is Phoenix is – I'm with you. I think they've got a, a, a better shot against Dallas just because, again, 
Dallas is stuck at the seven spot. They're not going to give that up. They're not going to go anywhere. They've dealt with a couple a uh, couple minor injuries with with Porzingis and, and Luca. If they want to have any chance against the Clippers in the first round of the playoffs, uh, they, they've got to be healthy. They've got to rest those guys. So I uh, feel pretty good about that. Portland's got to take on Brooklyn. Uh, I thought we were going to smack Brooklyn. It didn't happen. So uh, <laughs> who, who knows how that game's going to go. Portland's probably going to end up just locking it up they seem pretty locked in and then I'm going to take Phoenix over Dallas and Memphis Milwaukee is going to be um I think that's going to be a really good game Memphis is going to bring it they're obviously their lives are on the line Milwaukee uh I I didn't think Giannis was going to play much if at all anyway I don't know how much they care so it these three games are going to all be very interesting and uh, Memphis and Phoenix play at the exact same time so that'll be fun to see all right, we're down to two minutes. Uh, Clippers, Thunder, Friday night. I'm the only Clippers fan in this group. And uh, Zach and Craig, we're going to put some sort of wager on here. Zach, I, I acknowledge here that I have owed you breakfast at McDonald's for about a year now. So I'm already in I debt to you. I forgot about that. Um, real, real quick, what do, what do you guys want to wager on this? I'm hesitant because we just don't know anything right now about what the lineups are going to look like. That's what makes it fun. Uh, um, uh, I mean, I'll go double or nothing. I got nothing to lose in that situation. I mean, I got breakfast to lose. All right, but. double or nothing. Here we go, Craig. And if, if you uh, if you jump in there, you can, you can buy me breakfast at the diner. How's that? Sounds good. Deals. All right, uh, real quick, Zach, uh, tell them where they can find your content. Uh, follow us at the Thunder Guys, uh, putting out all kinds of stuff, including some hilarious tweets, if I do say so myself. Uh, make sure you're checking out heartland-sports.com. We've got all kinds of uh, Thundered content rolling, previews, recaps, you name it. All right, you can go to heartland-sports.com right now on the interwebs, and you can see Zach and Craig's recap of tonight's game. Oklahoma City 116, Miami 115. Thunder are in a lock with Houston in the first round of the playoffs, regardless of what happens Friday. But we'll be back Friday night, a little bit earlier than what we were tonight, to talk uh, Thunders, Thunder Clippers and then jump right into playoff conversations. Guys, get some rest. Have a great night. Really appreciate your time. Yes, sir. See yeah. ya.